number 115 of the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. Jimmy Palumbo Show 115, been in the league a while. Of course, usually I have Chris Gucci behind the glass, but due to some technical difficulties, plus my special guest decided we got to go a half hour earlier. One of the things about the Jimmy Palumbo Show is we aim to please here. Of course, I don't know a damn thing about technology, so I have no idea what I'm doing. So we will short, start, we will short, we will shit ourselves here at Shea. We will start the show uh, with just me, which is fine. I'm wearing my new Rutgers baseball hat that my brother got me, a Memorial Day weekend day here from the Omni. And uh, we will start with what we do, those of you scoring at home. I have the pack of baseball cards, and this one may be the all-time shittiest in the spokes. No, I think this guy himself would put the card in his spokes now, even at 80 years old, however long he is. Uh, let me turn on the chat room here before I see this here. Um, I got, yeah, that, I don't know what Greg McCarty's talking about, but we are here. So here we go. This guy, his name is, it's a 1982 card. Okay. There you go. Roger Erickson. I don't think people in the Roger Erickson family know who Roger is. He played from 78 to 83, played with the Twins and the Yankees, right-hander, big right-hander. He was 35 and 53 with an ERA of 4.13, all right? With the Yankees in 82 and 83, he was 4-5 and five with a 4.46 ERA. He came to the trade with Butch Weiniger, which, uh, you know, people remember. I used to like Butch Weiniger. When I played wiffle ball back in the day, he was my guy. And uh, bottom line is he just got bounced around. Then he ended up in the minor leagues. Uh, and then he ended up, like, just in the Mexican leagues. And he ended up – then he got into uh, – uh, what do you call it? Like sporting goods stores. That didn't go. Then he bought batting cages. And now, unless I heard he's teaching like baseball with batting cages. I don't know. But the back of his cart is the all-time shitty thing. I, I love when baseball cards have things on the back of the card that even as a kid made no sense. Listen to this, what they put on the back of the card. In the first 15 games of the second half of the 1981 season, Amos Otis hit four home runs, 15 hits, and 13 RBIs. Like, that's not even, like, what is that? That's not even, like, it's like a, it's like a stat that, like, that means, it's like, you know, he, he got a couple of hits one night. It's just, it, why did the guy even bother to print that? The other one was, this is classic, Miguel DeLone set Indians record with 61 stolen bases in 1980. Just like a rant. I never even heard of that guy. It had to be broken by then. And here's the best one. Ready for this? This, this is why baseball cards are the greatest invention in American industry. It should be like the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and Topps baseball cards. It says on the bottom, Roger defeated the Angels 8-1 to one on a six-hitter on August 17, 1980. <laughs> like, like, that's all you got for this guy? Like, he just tossed six hits. But uh, there is one funny stat about him that I found is funny. Is now th again, this is what baseball is so different now. This guy sucked, right? His record was 35 and 53, but he had 24 complete games. <laughs> think about that. There, I don't think there's a pitcher in the major, major leagues right now combined. There's not pitching staffs that have 24 complete games in 117 starts. This guy, you know, and he took the ball, he'll give you nine. I'd love a guy like that getaway day on a Thursday, he'll give you nine innings, save the bullpen here, Jay. So funny to me. Anyway, that, so that's that's it. Roger Erickson. Chris is not here. He got stuck at the post office, uh, which I tell you, that's the beauty of the Jimmy Palumbo show here. If somebody's got to go mail something, he can't get on the show on time. Now, if we were doing a major broadcast, this was ESPN Live, I would be like, good evening, everybody. It's a good day for baseball here. Chris Gucci's mailing something, but we got screwed up with time. I won't give him so much shit because he's usually pretty good about that. So now. Real quick, one order of business before we get to our special guest here from the Omni. Uh, Patreon news. Listen, my Patreon now. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm the Tampa Bay Devil Rays of of the Patreon right now. I'm lighting it up. That's because we were stuck at number twenty seven. I had twenty seven Patreons, which, by the way, is Giancarlo Stanton's number. And all of a sudden, they announced that John Carlo is starting in Somerset, New Jersey, with a Triple A Somerset Patriots tonight on a Tuesday. So what happens? You go to Jimmy Palumbo's Patreon, and we've moved on to number twenty-eight. That's right. 
28, Brian Shevlin comes in. Now, think about Brian here, Jay. He's a senior lawyer at Pinot Ricard. That's a, a liquor company. And you know what? They, they don't really, they don't sell that many different brands. Maybe you've heard of a few of these. They have uh, Chivas, Jameson, Glenlivet, Absolute, Malibu, Avion Tequila, Seagram's Gin, Kahlua. You know, listen, this is a big-time booze company here, Jay. And he's a big-time lawyer over there. He was also my roommate at the Scholar Night of Rutgers back in 1983, everybody. And he finally joined. And he's married, but I actually met his wife first. She was dancing with me. I was scattering four hits with his gorgeous wife. And then she found out I wasn't Jewish, and Brian was right there, and he's Jewish, and they danced the night away, and they've been married for 30 years ever since. And, of course, we know about the Jimmy Palumbo story, how that turned out. Anyway. So that's it. We are stuck here at 28. I will read them off as I normally do. They are Alex Detsena, Mary Aline Riccardi, my sister, Big George DeMosi, my mom, of course, Joe Palumbo, Rob Pastor, my Capasig from the 80s, James Kanowitz, website guy, can't get in touch with him, James, Jimmy Riccardi, my nephew, John Henry Riccardi, my nephew, Eric Palumbo, my nephew. It's family day here, Shay. Uh, Michael Caprio, sponsor, of course, my second second baseman. My brother, Frank Palumbo, the CFO of the whole damn thing. Daryl Clark, my LSU boy down there in Louisiana. Greg Castellino, Mike Shecky, I'm a Dolphin fan. I suck. Lawler, Dave Ben, one of the few men's I went to school with for six, 17 years, we found out. 17 years I went to school with this man. Uh, Patty Volkemer from LA, Chop Sports, favorite thing. And he's going to come up. Uh, very shortly, because I'm going to mention something about Patty. Uh, Martin Walsack, Michael Deej from Beer League, Janine Michaud of Absolute Eyewear, Robin Achane Barna, John Henry Palumbo, my cousin, Greg Alperin getting involved here. Uh, he's my partner with the Beer League series. Bobby Palumbo, my nephew. Tommy Palumbo, my nephew. I need to have, if I had more nephews, I'd be loaded. That's the problem. I ran out of nephews. Tyson Hogan, one of the only guys I don't even know. He's just a fan. So the over and under on not me not knowing my Patreon people is one. Louis Vichadomini, Weege coming in at 27. And, of course, your friend and mine, Brian Shevlin coming in at 28. We are very close to catching Joe Rogan. We're only down 9 nothing with one out in the ninth. But you never know. You never can tell. All right, so that's it, Patreon. I love you guys. Love you very much. So now we might as well just get right to it here. I have a very special guest now. People may not know that I know this guy, but I do. Okay. And I'm going to click on him right here. Ladies and gentlemen, getting involved on the Jimmy Flavo show for the first time, your friend and mine from the King of Queens and a hundred other TV shows. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jimmy Palumbo show. Gary Valentine getting involved here. Gary, how you doing, buddy? What's up, Jim? How are you? You sound good, buddy. What's going on, man? You sound good. You know what? You sound like um, you know who Bobby Slate is, comedian Bobby Slate. Yeah, 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 yeah. You resemble him a lot. I know, but I, I wish I had his set. <laughs> you know, got a good, got a good no, show, but you got a good show too. You're doing a good job. I'm hanging in there. So listen, I've been, you know, we've been playing phone tag for about 11 years. Yep. Uh, back in the day, we used to hang out in uh, the greater Los Angeles area, um, and uh, we had a lot of fun back in the day. We ended up. I, we went to a, uh, you took me over. Where did we go? Uh, what's that guy's? Uh, we went to a Neil Diamond concert. Yeah, we had eighth row right there. Um, best part about this, I thought the tickets were free. Next thing you know, you're like, hey, Jimmy, give me my $400. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> the best part, listen, I tell people all the time, if you're going to, if you're going to only have $500 to your name, you got to blow 400 on a Neil Diamond ticket. That's the way of to course, go. Right yeah. <laughs> And I we think had back fun. then we only had about 520. Yeah. <laughs> so what the thing I don't remember is I don't remember how we met. Was it through Eddie Driscoll and Pat Volkmer? Yeah, I think it was through Eddie. And uh, yeah, I don't know who Pat is, but Eddie. Pat Volkmer was one, one of Eddie's friends. Okay. Um, I think you know who he is because he's friends with uh, some of the comedian buddies um, you have. And another historic thing that, that me and Gary did together was uh, we watched the famous Kurt Schilling uh Bleeding through the sock game. Oh, four. That's right. I watched that with your dad, God rest his soul, yep. and a bunch of other comedians. I don't remember who. You remember that night? Yeah, I do. It was. Uh, I think. Uh, I think Mike Burton was there. Jackie Flynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bunch yeah. of the uh, hoodlums. Yeah, the game went. You know, a very exciting game. Of course, you were. It was all Red Sox fans, and you were like a half. You were like rooting for New York, but you were kind of a Met fan. I know you didn't like the Yankees. No, you know, and to tell you the truth, the honest truth, maybe I never told you this. I was. 
gung ho for the Sox. Like I just thought that was the best thing. And then when it came back three zero, and then it beat right. St. Louis. That was that was amazing. You gotta admit, that was, that was listen, it was. I knew I, I was. I was like the only Yankee fan, bunch of bunch of uh, Boston people. But yeah. uh, that's a fun thing we did. So, well, but now, but now I like the Yanks, Jim. I like I like the homegrown boys, and uh, this kid Volpe's going to be good. Right. Uh, of course, well, I yeah, love my my Mets with Beatty still... and uh, Vientos and Alvarez coming up, and Jeff right. McNeil's my favorite player. He's this guy can hit anything. The Mets, are, uh, the Mets are, they started off a little shitty. They they seem to yeah. be getting it going now. Yeah. Um, I it's don't the know. Pitching. Yeah. They, they, you know, they got a, the thing. The thing about it, I don't know what your theory. Again, you know, I like to bust balls on certain players. I'm hard on guys like Rizzo. I think he stunk last year, but yeah. I'm hard on guys like LeMayo. But you know what, guy? I think Mets fans can be brutal and they're also funnier than Yankee fans. So if you listen to WFAN late at night, I always say this the best radio in the world is a Sunday night when the Mets lose a 1 o'clock game to Atlanta and the Jets lose like uh, uh, to the Patriots on the 4 o'clock game and you're driving home somewhere at 11 o'clock at night, you put WFAN on, the fans are brutal, they're funny. Uh, it, it's just yeah. it's, it's classic radio. But you know what guy I think is flying under the radar, radar and he makes a lot? Lindor, he's making $34 million a year. And I know he gets his RBIs somehow and he's good in the field. But listen, we're talking talk about good fielders in the major leagues. There's tons of those. I think this guy has been getting a pass by the Met fans. And I don't know if there's 225. If he goes 225 all year long and they don't make the playoffs, I think they're going to – what do you think about that? I I agree with you. I, I love this guy. I love his talents. But he's really – I think he's more concerned about what purse he's going to bring to the ballpark that day <laughs> and the color of his hair. You know, hey, look, I'm all about style, and I love it. But he's got to get it going, man. He's got to get it going. This guy is t- so talented. Um, and we've seen it. We saw it in Cleveland, yeah, you know? He, yeah, for Here. sure. And uh, the two guys we gave up, uh, Rosario and um, Jimenez, they were good young players, man, you know? Yeah. And you, they had good years you last year, not yeah. so much this year. Right, not so much this year. But, uh, you know, they, you could you could actually say they're almost equal in parts, you know? Right. I, uh, I just think the 34 million. I mean, listen, a lot of the money. only thing is money doesn't matter anymore. Yankees, no. Yankees have been spending money for a thousand years and Cohen d- doesn't care either. But he's the new Steinbrenner now. Right. Cohen, you know? I just don't. I just wondering when the Mets like I don't I think he like when he gets up to the plate, I don't hear a little booze coming down. Everybody's still cheering him on. I'm like, he's batting like 225. I think I, that's too low. Yeah. But if you remember last year, he started out really slow, really slow. Uh, right. yeah, last year, the year before. And then he came on. He had a really good season. Right. So I think that's what's happening. Maybe he's a, you know, he's a slumpy guy. I know he goes in and out of things. Uh, first of all, I, you know, I should be in uh, playing ball instead of Vogelback. Vogelback, <laughs> you got to give me a break. This guy's in Major League Baseball because he could hit a baseball nine miles, but he, he can't. He doesn't well, swing the bat. It's unbelievable. I totally get that. Well, listen, we had Gallo last year with the Yanks. I was like, the reason why you like the reason why Gary Valentine and Jimmy Plumbo aren't starting for the Yankees and Mets is because we can't hit, right? So when Gallo was up, <laughs> you can hit better than Gallo, I'm sure. But other words, <laughs> like that's the reason why we can't play. So why do these guys who can't hit continue to be allowed to to play? It just makes me crazy. Yeah, are you, Gallo's are coming on a little bit now, but yeah, he, at least he swings the bat. That's the thing, Jimmy. You know, you got to swing the bat. You can't be uh, looking for walks all the time. Now, yeah. wait a minute. The uh, are you a Jet fan as well? I'm a Jet fan. Okay, so wait a minute. Now you got to talk to me about this. What do you think about Rodgers and all this stuff? I I love it because I think the guy's got uh, a lot of gas in the tank, and I know he's 39 years old, but I think um, this might be the first year we could beat the Patriots in 20 years. Right, right, right. I think I think he's going to do. I think he's going to do great this year and maybe even next year. And some Jet fans are like, oh, how long? But wait a minute, how long? The Jets just need to win now. Yes. You know, uh, even if they if they can somehow get in the playoffs at eleven and five or whatever, eleven and six. With I, I still go by the sixteen game schedule. When I like, I, I don't say, oh, he's not at the six seventeen game. They shut up. Eleven and five. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 11, 12 and five. Then whatever the hell. Um, yeah. I think the Jets last year. Probably, I can't. I uh, probably had the poorest quarterback play of uh, of any team in the league. And Rodgers is definitely going to be better than what they had last year. Absolutely, he, and as long as you surround yourself with some receivers, which he did, which they did, 
It's right. been great. You know, I played golf with Greg Buttle recently, who used to uh, be a yeah, linebacker yeah. for the Jets back him. in the 80s. And uh, we were talking about quarterbacks. And since Joe Willie, really, the Jets, I mean, um, what's his name? Kenny, Kenny O'Brien was pretty good back in the right. day. You know, but they they really hurt with quarterbacks. They really yeah, quarterbacks didn't. have not come out of the Jet camp. I think they miss. I think the, the big problem with the Jets is they don't have the dirt infield in the middle of the field at Shea. <laughs> I think Shea. what you get. You, I, I, if you ever watch again, those of you under forty now, yeah. I think when they watch an old highlight of Jets and like it, it's it's funny as hell. The guy's throwing it down and out like over second base. It's it's like. That's Great. insane. Does any nobody even nobody plays with the infield now? Though. I think Oakland did for a while. The, yeah, it can't the be now. Play. Can't be now though. That's no, no. Now the Raiders are in. Uh, yeah, they're in, but I did, playing across the infield. That's so yeah. funny. I used to love that. Yeah. Um, and you the still guys, see the lines. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know, probably there was a, you know could have been a game like on Thursday night at Shea, and they turned it into. Uh, yeah. I know when Yankee Stadium does football. The corner of the end zone, you got two feet between the blue wall and the corner. So if a guy catches a fade, he's pounding. It's like you can't do it. It doesn't work. You got to have a regular yeah. football stand. Can't work. So anyway, yeah. so let's talk a little bit about you. Of course, now you you obviously were on King of Queens. Why don't you mm-hmm. why don't you fill in the Jimmy Palumbo audience a little bit? How um, how that came about? I know you were doing stand up. Your brother was auditioning, and what like what? How did that whole thing go down? I don't even know myself. Yeah, well, my brother Kevin was. Um selected for this part uh, on the King of Queens. And um, he, we went to the Montreal Comedy Festival back in 97. And we both did pretty well, but he got, he got some real looks for this, this show. And um, he, they ended up casting him on the show. And I helped write, uh, I think it was two or three episodes, three episodes, um, and with the hopes of maybe getting on the show one day and doing something. And conveniently enough, we wrote an episode uh, with the pizza guy that I did in my act, where okay. if someone calls up a pizza place and the guy goes, hey, how you do? Uh, what is it? Pepperoni, uh, 15 minutes. Hangs up the phone and goes, you know, we got a softball league going on today. You know, right. if you hear <laughs> that you're getting a real Italian guy. Right, 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 right. Place. Well, that was the bit, the stand-up bit. It was a little right. bit longer than that, but... So we wrote that character in and uh, I played the part and the producers came up to Kevin and says, do you think Gary wants to be a full-time cast member? And, you know, uh, let me think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let me think. Do I, do, I want, do I want to play in the big leagues with my brother and make uh, network money? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So uh, that was a very nice opportunity. And thanks be to God, it went nine years. It went, who, we, who'd have thunk, you know? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Bunch no, of idiots listen. just um, get, and there were no egos on the show either. It was great. It was really a good cast. And, uh, you know, people say that all the time, but even the guest stars that we had on, they loved coming on our show. And they it was like, this right. is like so relaxed. And I, I always wonder that had a chance. I mean, obviously, you know, you and your brother, you know, like that had a change. Did, did it change you and your brother at all? Or you personally, like you go from back then, it wasn't all these different network back then. That was like a CBS show. Had to, I mean, you guys were successful, you know, but like the big difference between Montreal Comedy Festival and being on Channel Two, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, did, yeah. How, did it change you guys at all? I mean, did it or, or did it naturally? Like, how did it affect you? Um, I mean, obviously financially it did, but I don't, I don't think it affected us too much. You know, we're we're um, pretty much into our faith, and um, we believe that uh, there's bigger things to do if you're in that spotlight, you know, and if right. you can, you can carry that uh, in a different path, but um, yeah, you know, look, everyone likes to make some money and everyone likes a little bit of fame, you know, it's a, it's annoying at times, sure. you know, but it's great most of the time. And most right. people are very nice. Um, you know, you get the guys that want to hate and stuff like that, but um, it didn't really change. I'm just speaking for myself me that much and, and my brother that really but um like your i par- said your parents must have went time. nuts right because you 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 were not living in la like your parents were still east coast your family's yeah. still in long island well we moved so, out in 96 we were in la we were oh you were you were in la when when you booked we, i did not know that okay we slept on ray romano's floor for a month that's great that's uh, great right when he got raymond and um 
we ended up moving into the apartment building where he was uh, when we got the show going. So it was pretty nice that way. But yeah, um, Ray, Ray's a nice guy. I met him at a comedy club the, the right before he shot the pilot. I'll never forget this. I said to him, hey, Ray, and I just had seen him do stand-up, and he did, he did that bit about the orange juice. I still, I think it's the funniest bit of all time. And I said, hey, man, my name is Jimmy. And I was doing live on tape with NBC at the time, the sketch comedy thing. And I said, hey, Ray, man, I'm a big fan of your comedy. You're great. And he goes, yeah. He goes, you know, I've, I've done a few pilots, but I, I got this, like, kind of team together. And it's my – he was like, it's my last shot. It's with CBS. And the next thing you know, Ray Romano's, you know, Derek Jeter. Well, you, you talk about how things happen, man. He was on the show News Radio and went in on Friday for a table read. Monday, he was he was uh, fired. Unbelievable. Let go. And he's distraught. Sure. And then here comes sure. Raymond, you know, the opportunity for this. It's and it's based on his comedy, based on his family and all that stuff. And look what it was, the number one show forever. And, you know... That was the cool thing. Like you listen to golf tournaments on Sunday, and you know Nance going on CBS. The game, you know, ah, that's the best games. Nance on CBS. Ah, uh, that's great. That's like to me. That's like uh, that's, that was great. That's like if if we used to always say as a Rutgers football fan, it never happened. But we always wanted to be a game where Keith Jackson was like, and of course we're going to be down there in Piscataway in about two hours. Like, <laughs> we, of course, he died before. Ever, ever, yeah. I'll be dead before Rutgers has that happen. But yeah, there's something yeah. about hearing that that. Uh, um, as a sports fan, as a sports fan, you right. can't beat it. You know, just watching the golf, watching the football, and, and, and hearing you, that. You know, I will say, I will say a thing about you and your brother on King of Queens. I've seen it on reruns a bunch of times, and I, I, it's the same for Ray Romano. And the first year of the show, you guys were great, but you guys were like, you could just see you guys were like raw yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, trying to figure and, it out. And, and in the beginning, when you look back at it now, you could you can make the argument like, oh my god, these guys aren't that good. However. Season four or five, you guys were like, you can't make that. Like, wow, these guys are these guys are batting three forty right now. And the same thing for Ray Romano. He, in the beginning, he was the worst actor on the show by far. But I think the last three seasons, I think Ray Romano was by far the best actor, and continuing on. And yeah. you and your brother, I thought um, at, at that show, you guys got real. Well, I guess you got in a groove and all that, but you guys were. Very, very, very good on that show the last three or four years. Yeah, well, thank you, Jimmy. I mean, like, it, 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 you're right, though. You try to figure it out in the beginning. It was like getting thrown to the wolves. It was really right. my first acting gig, you know? Sure, sure. I mean, I went out to uh, – uh, I did a spot on Conan O'Brien and on NBC, and from that I got this show um, called Friday Night Videos yeah, way back yeah. when where they would do bands and stuff in the MTV yep. era and all that stuff in 97 – 98 and um and that was the same time king queens was starting so it was like kind of cool that you know and then the show didn't my show didn't last too long uh after that but um yeah it was great and that was like my first acting thing so it's like you know you, you figure it out and my brother too we didn't do a lot of acting you know you act on stage the yeah it's different i get yeah you, you guys you're reading doing... other people's lines obviously what um do you guys uh um do you now when you are you, the first couple of years, how many episodes were you, were you involved? Were you in the writer's room or was that just a, you know, were you allowed to write episodes or what was the deal with that? No, usually we, uh, our friend Rock Rubin was, um, uh, we've known him since Little League, since we were seven years old. And as it turned out, he was a stand up and um, he was hired as a writer and um, we would kind of give i would kind of give ideas to rock and go that way through that because i didn't want to step on any toes you know on the right right right, right. That. the episodes that we wrote um it was rock we were asked to write those so we wrote them but right. the writer's room that was their room that was their right. thing their deal you know so what, when you wrote when you wrote an episode then it went into the writer's room for touch-ups and changes and all that yeah shit? exactly Exactly. Wow. You know, you, you hope some of your jokes, you know, land. and stuff Right, like that. right. You know, and, and other times I've pitched lines in other episodes, too, that kind of got in there, which was a right. neat thing, you know. But in the beginning, I think I was on, uh, out of 22, I was on 13 episodes most years. I, I didn't, I wasn't on the whole first year. I got on the end of the first year. Right. And then for eight years, I did about... I think I ended up doing about eighty something episodes out of the right. two hundred or something. Yeah. Right. No, that was that was that's just an awesome gig. Uh, 
yeah. you know, uh, the, the, I know from a few times uh, I've been I've been on a bunch of sitcoms and yeah, you know, I know. You, you you were the you, creepy guy in Friends yeah creepy guy there you go <laughs> sick fat bastard but you know what on that Thursday if you tape on a Friday anyway on that Thursday or Wednesday I forget which day you have that run through in front Network. of the writers right yeah yeah and I remember being with some actors some actors are like they they're getting I'm talking about the, not the stars they're getting into their mode but I I was with a couple of I've done shows where I was like. Hey, we got to nail this because if you don't, it gets written. Like, in other words, if you're a, a guest star and you have eight lines and you shit the bed on that Tuesday or Wednesday read through, you got one line on Friday night. Like, and some right. of the actors were like playing with the lines and trying to work through them. And I was like, no, 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 no. Throw as hard as you can. Cause, yeah. you know, and I, I learned that lesson because one time, one of the things I kind of, I didn't really get the scene and I should have. You know, when you're like a, a guest star, a co-star, you can't be like, excuse me, I don't understand any of that. It was, oh, a, of course, yeah. it was a physical thing. And during the thing, it, it, it didn't go well. Next, you know, whoop, that was gone. I, but I was still in it a little more. But then I learned a lesson. So now when I get on a sitcom, I am like Mariano from the get-go, the read-through. You know, miles and I, that's it. Fuck everybody. But then I noticed, and it happened to me on some recent stuff I've done, when you're there every day, you get to know the crew. You get relaxed. It's such a difference. Um, oh yeah. So I mean, you 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 must have been able to play with lines and how you know how was that so, like working the the, the characters? Um, in other words, how, how much play did you, were you able to do before the taping? Obviously. Well, you know, uh, as you know, but maybe the audience doesn't know. In, in a sitcom, is it's, it's a three camera shoot, so cameras are positioned during the um, rehearsals. And then where people, where the actors are standing and they have to be in a certain right. position. So improv is really my strength. Like I improvise a lot in my stand up, and I just love it. But when you're done on a sitcom, you got to really stick to the lines. You could play a little bit. You could play a little bit. Right. And if you do something that's a little off and they like it, they keep it and they'll move the cameras for you. You know, it's not like right. cameras are there. You can't do anything. They want you to be free, you know, right. as, as, as free as you can within the limits, you know, kind of right. Thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was fun. We did play a little bit, you know, we do second, third takes, and you know, eighth takes and <laughs> throw different lines in there. You know, they call them alts, alternates. Right. Yeah. And, uh, that was, put... that was a lot of fun. So when, so the show, obviously, listen, the show went on a pretty long time. What was it like? Like when the show got canceled, did you see it coming? Everybody kind of knew it. What, or we, you didn't know? We actually, um, my brother and Leah, they, they kind of wanted it to end. And we, at first we were like, really? But you know what? You, Seinfeld said this, you know, he goes, you always want them leaving more like in stand up. You always want right. to leave them wanting more. And I think we were running out of ideas. They were they didn't have a kid. Then they were going to have a baby. That was going to change the dynamic of the show. Sure. So uh, they decided to just get out while they were on top. And um, right. You know, it was good. It was yeah, a good the show, run. The show always did well in the ratings. I mean, pretty much the yeah. whole run, pretty much. It did, uh, so, it did. And then, of course, in 07, there was a writer's strike, as there is now. Which, yeah, which so sucks for none me. of us could go into another show or do anything else where our hands were tied, you know? So right. that was uh, kind of a bummer that way, as it is now. So when... Um... So then, was uh, what uh, what was your involvement in the, the Kevin Can Wait? I know you did about 48 episodes of those, so... I'm looking on IMDb. I printed it out, did my research. Yeah, um, I was going to say. Wow, what? what uh, how did that come about? Um, the show was Kevin Can Wait. I think it aired, what did it air for, two seasons, three seasons? Uh, two seasons. We were, we were in a, it's funny because I, I wrote a script about this and this is the, what we're in the middle of pitching right now. Uh, okay. Well, you don't have to go happened. into detail, but. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I, I can't really go into detail, but the story is funny because I was living in LA as was Kevin and he wanted to move back to Long Island. And, uh, he says, would you move back to Long Island? I said, you know what? I got to be out here. This is where the business is and blah, blah, blah. And I want to be out here closer to, to everything else. And he goes, well, what if we had a show? And I said, yeah, you know, if we had a show, I'll, I'll do it. And as it turns out, we shot in Beth page, which, uh, people I know, know where it is. The golf course, Beth page, black, where uh -huh. the uh, PGA plays once in a while. That, was that at that old that old uh, air, uh, uh, Grumman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yes. shot uh, Man on a Ledge out there. Oh, you did? I got relatives out there. I stayed at my aunt's house. I got wow. other one. It was not, of course, 
driving out to Long Island. I I, I needed a heli- a, a Blackhawk yeah. to get me there. Yeah, but- yeah. So we rented a house and we were 20 minutes away from the studio. It was great. And the, 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 the nice thing about it is my dad actually worked there when he was 21 years old, a million oh, and a half years wow. ago. That's and, wild. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, a kid uh, just trying to get a job. He worked for Grumman. And um, that's a great way, great way to move back to East East Coast with a gig on yes. network TV. Yeah, it was really nice. So um, we did that, and um, we shot in uh, literally the same building. They turned it into the studios, and it was crazy. Wow. Um, but what happened was, um, uh, I went out and bought the house, and then they canceled us in the next month. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally. I bought the house in uh, April, May, done. Right, right. I hope, I hope, I hope you, I hope you save your money when you have these awesome gigs, bro. Because you know, you know what happens. Next thing you know, you're down in Pawtucket, scattering six hits. Here comes Gary Valentine out of King of Queens and Kevin Can Wait. We will go to the eighth here in Somerset. <laughs> he, he'll get on the bus for a little bit, you know. Uh, but I li- listen. My old roommate Henry, he was on sitcoms for years, Webster and this that, and he talked about the. The rise and then, you know, going down the backside. Um, yeah. how, how does that like? I mean, listen, not that you used to work now, but like, how did you handle all that? Like, all right, when's the next big ass show coming along? What what uh, did you how did you keep yourself from not losing your mind? Well, that was the thing coming off of Camp Queens going to Kevin Wait, I thought, my gosh, you know, this is we're shooing right here. You know, especially the first year we had an actress playing his wife and uh I don't know the details, but they they wanted to recast. And, of course, Leah Remini comes on. That's when I was like, maybe I should go out and get the Ferrari now. <laughs> I never did. Um, and I'm glad because they canceled us right away. So. I, I, I auditioned for it. I, I remember uh, it was a I oh, audition. I, I, you know, in the beginning when they don't know who's attached on, on the breakdowns, yeah. I think yeah. I read for like your part. And yeah. then so I re- I remember reading it by agent. You know, the agents are always excited about stuff, you know. And then yeah, I, I played then a I, fireman. You would have right, been great. Yeah. yeah. Then I found out, like, I was like, I called my agent. He was like, hey, Jimmy, I know that. I think they liked you. And I'm like, uh, I just talked. Gary Valentine's playing that part. <laughs> and they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, uh, so I'm not getting that part. <laughs> he, he's really, the show's called Kevin Can Wait, and Gary's probably, you know, they sometimes bring in, you know, whatever. But I, yeah. I, I think I read another time for, there was like a third or second or third fireman down the line. Uh, and that would have been funny. But I don't think, I, we, we were having phone tag back. It would have been funny next, you know, I show up on the set. It would have been a piece Oh, it would have been, would have been great, uh, yeah. And I've, I've, gone, I've gone in L.A., uh, I've gone on auditions, and it says, Kevin James type, and I still didn't get it. <laughs> I always say that I'll audition for the Jimmy Palumbo show, Jimmy Palumbo type, and I won't get it. I was, uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's like you just back you to know. Paul Tuckett with 25 cent beers. Yeah, you know, here man. he is, he's a journeyman. You know, at this point in my career, I feel like I'm one of those guys, you know, 12 years, eight teams. And if I make the Hall of Fame at this point, like what hat will he wear on, on the plaque? That, that's up that's for discussion. A, right, right exactly. Yeah, yeah. It turns out I was with the A's the first three years. <laughs> Where that is. There's a Todd consensus. Zeal with uh, 11 teams, most home runs <laughs> with the uh, most teams. So after Kevin can wait, uh, what, um, what, 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 what did you do after that? I mean, I guess you were auditioning like crazy. I know you did some films. Um, yeah, I did a few films, um, which was great. And um, that's basically what I've been doing. I've been just writing right now. Like I said, we're in the middle of pitching a show. And um, then the, the writer struck, strike uh, struck. Right. So we're kind of uh, sitting well, on our I, hands right now. I know, um, uh, you know, I, I'm actually working on two projects, right? One, obviously, the Beer League series, this thing. I'll send you the trailer. But it's funny, I... I know, you know, it's funny. I have to, when I look at my ro- Rolodex, as they say at Shay, I'm like, you know what? Like, and th- th- these are like shorts for the web, you know, the uh, like webisodes and stuff. But I realize I know so many people. Like, let me get Gary for a day to play like a jerk off softball player for a day. Like, what? Utilize the guys I know. First of all, I know who they are. Yeah. It's not like, you know, r- why go out and try to get some comedian that that I don't know. Right, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna call Gary if he says yes. He says yes. If he says no, because some of the cast members from Beer League, uh, they 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 like me as a person, but they're like, I just can't do it. I'm working on films. I'm like, all right, we'll see if you squeeze. I'd rather have a personal conversation rather than 
Well, the agent said, like, no, no, let me. Right, right. I, I'm not calling Gary's agent. I was saying, yeah, hey, Gary, yeah. you around next weekend for three hours on a Tuesday. We'll bang, I'll send you the script, you know. And yeah. that's how kind of when I do it, I realized that I accumulated all these different things. So um, uh, I'd love to have you on Beer League. The, the series would be funny. So. That would be great. Plus, all yeah. you got to do is really sit at the bar and talk shit, which I think. <laughs> so your stand-up. Yeah. Um, you're doing, obviously, um, tons of stand-up, I guess. You, you're on tour with your brother. You're all over the place. What, yeah, what's going we're, on we're, there? Yeah, we're doing uh, shows together. Um, he's... Uh, He's got this theater tour, and uh, he asked me if I wanted to jump on. So I would go up. We just uh, have a good time. We um, we did. Uh, we're on a little bit of a break now. This weekend we're going to. Um, what do you guys do? Like third, third? Because you're. I mean, you're you're a headliner. How do you guys do that? You but you split. It's like a dual headlining show. Then. Yeah, yeah, but now he's doing he's doing most of it. I'm doing about twenty minutes up front just to get him going. And you do the three fun. comedians, or just you and him? No, just me and him. Yeah. Okay, well, that's cool. And uh, I guess we're doing about sixty dates. Wow, you know? that's nice. So, yeah, it's been good, and we're probably like in the middle of it now. You know, right. And we'll have a little summer run. We were out in uh, the Northwest and uh, Oregon, which I've never been, by the way. Never been. Um, never been there either. Yeah. Uh, we were in, uh, let's see, where were we? North Dakota. And, you know, it's, that, Seattle is beautiful. And then we went down the coast in uh, California, went out to Palm Springs. There we go. And plus, you're going to be down in Red Bank, New Jersey in a couple of weeks, right? Or a month or something like we're that? Be in Red Bank this, no, summer. this Saturday. This, Saturday. It's this Saturday third. night? Saturday I gotta see. Theater, yeah. I gotta see if I get down here, bust your balls. Yeah. Um, the uh, the other thing I wanted to ask is, you know, we have a connection. I'm sure. I think you forgot about this when they talk about the eight. Was it eight separations of uh, whatever that guy's name was? The we we <laughs> I was I yeah Kevin Bacon. This is a Kevin Bacon moment here from the Omni in downtown because I'm coming live from my shitty kitchen studios in downtown Mawalu, Jersey. Of course, you got Gary Valentine in Huntington, Long Island, which I was there a couple weeks ago. Um, I got tons of family in Long Plainview, by the way. Uh, a lot of Palumbo's out there. Yeah. But um, I wonder, we, we have a connection. You probably forgot about this. I I mean, in the Nelson Double Day, I, I was on the pilot of the X show. I don't know. Do you remember that with Mark DiCarlo? I, I do remember and, that. And he's a classic Jimmy Blumbo. The show was to be about, supposed to be like the male version of The View. Okay. So yeah. they, they, but they wanted regular people. And Mark was kind of attached in the beginning. I didn't know him, Mark DeCarlo. Now he's a good yep. friend of mine. And then there was like me, and they kind of knew I had some experience. And then two other guys, African American guy, and this tight end from like Ball State <laughs> out of nowhere. And classic i thought i lit it up in the pilot i thought i was just like 28 points a game 12 rebounds nine assists right totally you know i thought I, again i was you know a little bit younger i thought i was ah this this i'm coming off a live on tape i'll just give me the ball I'll just you know i thought i was better than DeCarlo. like give me the more lines you know next thing you know the show gets picked up and jimmy Palomo is not on the roster <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was in shock. DiCarlo like literally called the network. It was like, you can't get rid of Jimmy. He's the guy. Well, we're going to a different, seen all these different guys. And of course that went on. But do you know, and you were probably there. Were you there the day when they had everybody on the last show? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I and they, so I call him DiCarlo because even though officially I wasn't on the show, it's just on the pilot. I go, Mark, you have to talk to the, it was like, you know, eight years later, however long it was. I was like, so they, <laughs> They had me come out to the to the audience as the guy who never was on the show. <laughs> I, I felt like Gene Woodling at Old Timers Day at Yankee Stadium. Here's a guy back in '51. He was six for eight against that big series in Boston. You get that like pattering of applause. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my god! I remember that vaguely, but I I do. I think I you were there. We might have went together. It was probably 2004. Uh, do you how was that was doing the X show? No one probably remembers that show. No, you know what? It was, yeah, they wanted it to be more like the uh, the man the man show. The man, yeah, there was the man show, and then they wanted like the, you know, the, the guy the guy talk. That's what. They yeah, really yeah. Wanted. Uh, but they ended up having three guys. Me uh, and, and Bert Kreischer was on that show too. Right, they right, right. I tried to look it up on IMDb, but they don't have DeCarlo on. I couldn't find you. Like I don't yeah. know. The IMDb oh, really? is weird. I, maybe I didn't do it right. I know there had to be a bunch of hosts. The show it was ran long. It was three guys and then a girl, Daphne Brogdon, they hired. And, yeah, I um, remember. Th they did. We just did. This. I know. I interviewed Slash and. Uh, yeah, but you didn't know. Uh, didn't DiCarlo do 
the first season, two seasons? I think he was out pretty quick. And I don't the four of us were in. Stuff. So you, you know, I went and out. Only lasted dinner. like two years. Then. How is Slash? You know, because I went out to dinner with him, and I got to be honest with you. You know what I couldn't get over? Like I know he's Slash, the guitar guy, right? And famous, right? Yep. But when you're having dinner with someone, I, I just had trouble calling him Slash. Like I wanted to go, like, so it's it's Ron, right? Or Dave, or like, like, and yet everybody was just calling him Slash, and I wanted to go, I wanted to call like a, a TV timeout and go, like, all right, man, we're, we're having an intimate dinner here. Like, yeah. what is your what's your real name? This, you don't you don't let people call you Slash all day. Yeah. All I remember does. is he uh, he wanted uh, we shot at eight o'clock in the morning, and he wanted bourbon in his coffee cup. Oh, there you go. He was ready. He's a player. He's a, oh, he's a pro. He's a, he's a pro. He was over there at the Rainbow. Did we go to the Rainbow Room one night? We knew we were on it. We went a couple nights there. We went on like a little tour. I don't know, but I remember we were in Vegas a little bit. Yeah. And you, you also, uh, you, you took me to some CBS event we went to. Uh, it was Where? fun. I forget what it was. Some kind of maybe something with the uh, advertisers. We oh, had a good sunset, time there. Right? Yeah. We, went, we, we were trying to act like, you know, I was, listen, I was on your coattails. You know, that's how yeah. we got in. And uh, oh, we were, we were both single at the time. So, you know, yeah. it was, oh, it was fair great. game. And yeah. I remember within seconds, we were back in my Ford Escort. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> my best thing. My, that's, my, that's my fondest memory. I'm with a guy on King of Queens and he leaves the bar with a guy in a Ford, an 89 Ford Escort. Here in Shay, but you never get pulled. Up. Cops don't pull over a Ford Escort. Uh, it doesn't <laughs> go fast way. enough. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. But man, and listen, well, listen. So you're doing Red Bank. You're doing a tour with your brother. Uh, everybody, check that out. And uh, your website, I'm sure, is it GaryValentine.com or something. Uh, it's but I'm, usually it's uh, not much on there. There's just I do uh, Instagram. What's your mostly. Instagram? And your, so what's your Instagram? Gary thing? underscore Valentine. Gary underscore Valentine. That's another yeah. pain in the ass about these things. You gotta, you gotta do underscores, dashes, and all the underscore. We're too know. old. We can't remember this stuff. Yeah, I remember, I used to do a bit about that. You, you run into this like tough Italian guy. He's like, yeah, send me an email. I'm that fuzzy bear at AOL. <laughs> it had an email that didn't match him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah send yeah. me a fuzzy the bear at AOL. That's my email. like. What are you doing? Yeah. Should be your fucking name. Yeah, you know? give me a, write me a, a letter. A sweet princess. <laughs> By the way, just to let you know, Johnny Kelly, who I know you met back in the day, well, is hanging out with uh, Eddie Driscoll right now. Driscoll says hello. Eddie, we love you. If you're listening with John now, the uh, I know you got some health problems. Uh, I know you're on the uh, disabled list. Hopefully you'll you'll be like John Carlos Stanton, get back uh, get back off your feet there. So if you want to say hello to Eddie Driscoll. Yeah, now, Eddie, you can. do well, buddy. Do do uh, do all you can, baby. I'll pray for you. Here you go. We'll get back at the Foxfire Lounge and Theater on Magnolia. You forget about those days. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, Gary. I can't thank you enough for coming on. And yeah. uh, let's. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can get down there, Redback. Maybe Saturday. See if I can scoot down there and say hello to you. I'll. Uh, That'd I'll, be great. I'll, I think there's two shows that night. All right. I'll shoot you a text. I'll I'll, I'll sneak in the back door or something. I know a guy down there. I'll, I'll figure right. it out. All right, man. Listen, awesome, thanks, Jimmy, for... and so glad to see that your eyebrows are still growing, buddy. Absolutely. Look at that. How big are they, bro? Look at that. Look at you that. You got to do that. You got to. You, you could. You well, comb them up. Okay, I will tell you though. I'm working on a, a program. My wife would love those eyebrows. <laughs> well, that's how it starts. I'm wor- Listen, I'm working on a, a show, and I'm not allowed. To, that's why I'm wearing a hat. My my hair. I look like I'm in a rock band. I'm not allowed to cut my hair until Thursday, so they can cut it. You know, for continuity, Gary. You're yeah, right. stuff works. <laughs> These one-hour dramas. I'm on a drama. It's a drama, for Christ's sake. Anyway, love you, man. Good seeing you. And right, we you will too, go to the end. <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right. We'll see you, man. Peace. All right. GV's in the house. Uh, I appreciate him coming on. God bless America. Um, now, of course, we got to get to the regular part of the show. Chris Gucci is still not here. I don't know where he is. Let's see. He's probably texting me. Uh, no, Chris Gucci doesn't even care. Um, Chris, if you get this, um, I would suggest that you text me and I'll send you the link, but otherwise I'll just do the show by myself here. Round it out 44 minutes in. Uh, so we had some fun there with Gary Valentine, old buddy of mine, colleague, I guess, you know, we haven't hung out in a while, but we still have some laughs. Uh, I got to get to my sponsors here at Shea. Uh, the first one I guess I got to get to, of course, is Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. Craig and Janine Mashaw, that's right, family-owned optomet- opt- optician. I have trouble saying that word. You go there, you get glasses. God bless America. Uh, 
They got everything. They got all kinds of glasses there. They have your attention, please. Ray-Ban coach Ralph Lauren, Dave Sturcio's Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, Costa Del Mar, and Charles Oakley visits the store. Um, they got everything, $100 off, a complete pair. They're by the train station, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey. I can't even ask Chris why they're not open on Wednesdays and Sundays. We'll have to get to that next week as to why. I'll leave the audience hanging, although my audience should know at this point. Best thing about that absolute eyewear is when you leave there, you don't feel like a jerk-o. Um, All right. So uh, let's get to a couple of things here. I'm look, looking at my notes here. Um, briefly, we, we, we could discuss this Taylor Swift thing. Um, uh, okay. At the last second, my daughter wanted to go see Taylor Swift at, at MetLife. And, uh, I thought the tickets were reasonable, $45,000 for a ticket. I was like, eh, I held off. Um, but you know, what's so funny. I give this girl credit. God bless her. She's making millions. That's cool. But I said, you know what? Let me, so I'm in my car. I went into Apple iTunes and said, you know, Hey, Hey Siri, play um, you know, play uh some Taylor Swift, and I didn't know one song, not one song. I didn't particularly dislike it. It just was like elevator music, pop music. But I was like, I don't know any of the songs. I can't believe there's a big act like that. I don't even know. I didn't know one song. Um, but my daughter now, I'm sure I will be. You know, I gave her a Taylor ham, egg and cheese sandwich. I thought that was to replace the Taylor Swift concert. But I got to give her credit, man. That, uh, everybody I've talked to said it was a great show. She does a three and a half hour show. Um, and she's kind of cool on stage, the self-deprecating humor and stuff like that. And uh, what does she think? She's Bruce and the Allman Brothers. Dude, I think she did 48 songs or something. That's unbelievable. So I got to give her credit. I'm not a fan of her music. I don't know her music. But she came into the, the metal ends and lit it up much more than the Giants and Jets have in the last few years. Uh, Yankees, uh, big news. Big news, of course, is Giancarlo Stanton will be coming to Somerset Patriots tonight, 7 o'clock. I wish I could get down there. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out a way to scoot down there and have some fun. Um, so, yeah, Giancarlo is going to be coming back soon enough. That's cool. I discussed the Lindor thing with uh, with Gary Valentine. Um, I just think, I don't know, I think this guy's getting a pass, man. I think the fans are going to turn on him. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Ten years, $341 million. You got to be better than that. Anyway, um, the uh, uh, the big, and also the, uh, touched on it too, a little bit, this whole Judge versus Alonzo thing. Uh, obviously, I think Judge is better. I'm a Yankee fan, but I think it's pretty cool. I don't hate the Mets, so I think it's pretty wild, and maybe some of my fans could, could bust my chops on this, but I don't think there's ever been two prolific home run hitters for two or three years anyway. One on the Mets, one on the Yankees in, in forever. I, unless like back when uh, uh, Dave Kingman was hitting bombs, I, maybe Reggie. Uh, but I, I'm trying to think. I don't remember. This is kind of cool. Both guys are legitimate. They're going to probably lead their league in home runs or certainly. I think it's a cool little thing. Who's going to hit more? I think Judge catches him, but I don't know. It's kind of cool. I, of course, I'd love for the Yankees to get him, but he's probably – I'm sure he signed with the Mets. For, I, I don't even know, but that would be great. So it would be like Judge, Stanton, and then Alonzo. Um, I would think that would be very, very cool. But it's kind of cool. I don't remember. Some Someone's probably going to text me and say, Jimmy, in 1981, they had these two guys, whatever. But these are pure home run hitters and good hitters as well. Um, the, I got to admit, uh, by the way, Gallo's batting like 207. So everybody relax. He, he's, he's, start, he's back to his stink. Um, but I got to admit something. I watched the Boston Miami heat game yesterday and the Knicks have been so bad. So I'm out of touch with the NBA, but I got to admit, I got to admit, I just absolutely, um, I love watching the Boston Celtics lose at home. That's brutal. Knicks beat him in five one year in the playoffs. Ewing second or third year, I think. Um, there's just nothing better than watching the Celtics lose. That old Red Auerbach thing, uh, and they got smoked. Um, tough to come back from 3-0. But I'm, I'm a bitter Nick fan who likes watching the Celtics lose. I, I admit it, you know. I think Denver's going to win in five. I think the Heat will steal one. Um, but you never know. At this point, you know, uh, they, you know, people start to – 
believe in themselves and they think they can beat anybody. So, hey, you never know. Maybe uh, maybe the Heat will I, – I, like, I hope it goes seven because I don't care who wins. I love series like this. I don't hate anybody. I don't hate the Heat. I used to, but they're a different team now. And I like Butler. And, and the guy in Denver is a badass. Djokovic or Jokic, whatever his name is. The Joker. Um, and, of course, another one of my fine sponsors here is – Oxy Magic, their carpet cleaner and company. It's oxymagicusa.com. It's owned by my friend Tom DeLeo, DeLeo, however you pronounce that. Listen, they don't drag hoses through the whole house. You got stuff all over the place. They came to my apartment. They cleaned the rug. It was beautiful. They came in. The guy was nice, kind. He came in. He came out. He cleaned it. It looked spotless. Um, it only takes a couple hours to dry. That's not like, you know, in the old days when you got to get your carpets clean and you, you got to do it in the morning. You can't come back for four days. You find yourself at Sandy Hook on the beach waiting for your carpets to dry. That's awful. That does not happen here. They got all the green seal. They use the uh, EPA, safer choice, all the chemicals and all that stuff. They are certified green. They are green. They also do like... They do wall-to-wall carpeting, area rugs, upholstery. They do the tile and grout. Clean that up real nice for you. Nobody likes to clean the grout. Everybody knows that. So it's one of those that's usually on the honeydew list. So, you know, call Oxy Magic, and they'll take care. They have 80 locations nationwide. So no matter where you are, go to OxyMagicUSA.com. Put in your zip code. You'll find out what the nearest one is. And that's O-X-Y Magic.com. USA.com. So O X Y magic USA.com. I was told to spell it out because Tom thinks he's like a tough guy with pickleball. Is there anything, Tom? This I'm just talking to you, Tom. He thinks he's like really good in pickleball, but he doesn't realize that. Um, I'm just, you know, he's ranked like number four. I'm ranked like number 80, but he has no idea what's coming. The train is coming. Your reign is over, and your wife's better than you in pickleball anyway. So that's my way to bust Tom's balls. But no, they two of them together are vicious on the court. They're awesome. And they're good people. Um, listen, they're also offering 0% company financing for new location owners. So if you're living in an area and you want to maybe start a little business, you call, you get in touch with these guys on the website, oxymagicusa.com. That's oxy with a Y here. That's Shay. And uh, tell them Jimmy sent you. And um, if you want your carpets clean, you got to go to them. I insist that everybody gets their carpets clean. This summer, because maybe your carpets are filthy. Anyway, they're my sponsor. I love them. Thank you so much. OxyMagicUSA.com here from the Omni. Um, the other things that are interesting in the world today, what do we got here? Um, my heel. Listen, CNN's covering my heel injury. I did not forget about the 5K. Um, I was with my family all weekend, and even there called me a fat bastard. Uh, they say I cannot finish under 31 minutes. Even my brother who runs marathons is like, Jimmy, you're not going to be able to do it. And I'm like, you know what? That's when, when you challenge the big red hander out of Texas, um, we shall see. I'm not quite ready to run anything yet, but I will run by the, let's say by the end of the summer, there's gotta be a 5k somewhere or maybe in the fall. Um, that's when they happen a lot in September. I know there's one in Ramsey. Maybe I'll just pick the one in Ramsey. Uh, I'll get the date for that. And that's going to be, the Battle Royale, will Jimmy do the 5K under 31 minutes? That's going to be tough, but I got to see if I can do it. Um, my buddy Rob is running him like 27 minutes right now, 28 minutes, whatever the hell he's doing. And he said he would run it with me and kind of help me keep pace a little bit, which means he'll run slower, obviously. But I think with his encouragement, I think I can do it. I know I can do it. And I'm going to prove you guys all wrong. So that is definitely going to go on there. Um, but my heel is just not quite there yet. It, it's getting around now. It's coming around, coming around. I did start, of course, I'm always starting my diet. Chris isn't here to bust my chops. Um, so let's see. I'm going to look on the computer while we're live here. If Chris made any uh, indication um, to get on the show or he just doesn't care, that's how it works over there. There was a day where I was a big part of chop sports. Now I am. I'm, at, I'm like the... Uh, I'm like the water boy at the end of the bench now. The uh, I'm the bat boy. I'm down the left field line catching foul balls. Um, so Chris, if you get if you're listening, hop on the show if you want. Um, so uh, so yeah, so we will run the 5K. That will happen. I got to start getting in shape and uh, a little bit anyway, and start busting it up. Now, uh, I watched Succession on Sunday. Spoiler alert! Now, I won't spoil the ending. Um. 
I actually, I hated the ending. <laughs> I'm a fan of the show. And I don't know, someday, uh, I don't know if I, one of the producers is listening, which I doubt anyway. Uh, I hated the way the show ended, but some people saying that's the only way it had to be. I'm like, I hated it. Um, and I don't want to spoil it. Maybe people haven't watched it yet. It's only Tuesday. Uh, they were away for the weekend. Um, I just did not like the way it ended. It didn't make, uh, I thought it was very sad. Uh, Robin Achani getting involved, saying, me too. She hated it too. Um, of course, my sister's on her way here. Uh, to help me out because I got to move I got to move everybody The landlord selling the place I got to move What a pain in the ass That's why I went to oxymagicusa.com And got my carpets clean Even though, You know it's like what am I going to do I got to move it's so pain in the ass Everything's expensive rent's expensive I hate moving Anyway uh, I, I, I got to go to a therapist To discuss moving um, All I want to do is move my bowels I don't want to move all my shit And of course you feel like a loser because you kept too much shit but I don't want to get rid of all my shit. I'll get rid of some of it, but not all of it. I got some memorabilia and stuff that I like to keep, but maybe I will get rid of it. The cleansing. Jimmy Plumbo's cleansing himself here. Maybe I'll do it. I'll get rid of all this stuff just so I can run faster in the 5K. I just didn't like the, uh, and, and Yellow Jackets to me, um, uh, I was digging that show and I don't even know what the hell's going on. Uh, again, they're eating people every week. Uh, you know, like I said last week, what is it? But first it was <laughs> going to be political. Like I feel bad. You know, what I feel bad for now transgenders. Cause that was like the last few years. There's been a lot of transgender transgenders. Now you got to be accountable. Like, so I'm thinking about maybe if in order for me to get on a show, I should become a transgender and I eat people. And that way I think I'll get on a show. You know what I mean? Cause like the networks are looking, I can just see a network meeting. Yeah. We're looking for some transgenders who eat people. Um, that'll be good. You know, uh, or maybe just someone, if I don't do the transgender, I'll just be a solid uh, Italian guy uh, uh, who eats people. Um, you know, maybe I'll be eating a body and I'll be like, ah, I tell you, it tastes just like Abagul. Uh, it's like, you know, what, what, this is like, a, you know, this is scongeal over here. Like what, what it's just every time I turn a TV show on, someone's eating someone. And I say to myself, if you divide the world population by how many people have uh, eaten people that were not in a plane crash in, in Chile, um, what, 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 every time I, I don't want to see this, it's awful. There's blood all over the place. You know what I mean? Tastes just like chicken day here at the stadium. <laughs> here, this is for, if I had to eat someone on television right before, I, I would just say, this is for the chicken. I would definitely say that right before. Well, what the, what the hell? But it's true though. You can't be eating people on TV. I'm sitting home. I got a glass of wine. I just had a nice salad. And all of a sudden I, I'm watching somebody eat somebody. It's awful. Um, I'm so right about that. Anyway, um, that's just me being a jerk off. But of course, the biggest problem is uh, down. I was Downey Shore this weekend. Tell you what, those of you scoring at home, the Jersey Shore was, sorry, all filled, no room at the inn. Let me tell you something. This, the Jersey Shore was packed. I was down there at my brother's house in Seagirt, a beautiful affair. Um, it was just jamming. The bars were, I drove by so many old haunts, you know, Leggett's and DJ's and the Osprey. The lines were two hours long. I tried to get my nieces in uh, the Osprey, but a friend of mine wasn't working. I was trying to squeeze them in over at uh, these different bars. The DJ's was lines out the door. I remember those days, man. First weekend, 80 degrees, sunny. You got your short house. You paid your $1,300 for a half share. You're jam packed. Anybody, listen, I always say, uh, and I'll say this to my daughter, uh, you know, if you can get in on a short house, if you're young, if you're, if you're between 22, I would say 22 and 28 at those six years right there, get a short house, uh, put it on a credit card, cash advance, just do it. Either Belmar, Manasquan, Point Pleasant, it doesn't matter. Just do it because it's escapism. You're young, you're working, you're breaking your ass, but probably not that much money. And Friday comes, you get in the car, you drive down there and, Nobody cares what you do for a living when you're down in Manasquan. You know, you, you could be hanging out with a guy in the house making a million dollars a day and you're making eight dollars a day. You get down to Manasquan, you know, you're you are even, you know what I mean? There's girls coming in and out and the girls' houses, they're looking for guys. And you know what? It's all good, clean fun. I recommend it for any young, uh, young adult. Go down there, have a good time. Then there's all you can go anywhere you want. You got this four or five towns that you can get sure. I would the LBI thing to me is a little too far, a little bit of pain in the ass, too many families out there. Um, I, I would say exit 98, do your Manasquan, Belmar, Point Pleasant 
uh, run there, as they say. But um, I did go to a barbecue, though. And, of course, I saw some cornhole boards. And you know what happened? I said, you guys do not, do not have proper cornhole. I ran in my car. Yes, I did. I pulled the Chris Gucci, ran in my car and said, guys, you got to go to cornholelevel.com. That's right. For $19.95, you get a cornhole leveler. You hook on the hole. Here it is right here, Shay. You hook this bad boy right here up on the thing, and you move the board around. Oh, demonstration here. I'm like a young Martha Stewart. Um, and you, it, it, it makes the board level. So you don't embarrass yourself. You're in the backyard. You're having a nice barbecue. You're, you're leaving the potato salad out in the sun too long. At least you got straight. Good, clean cornhole boards. Cornholelevel.com. Check it out. It is a perfect level to throw up, down, the perfect angle. That's what you want. So go to cornholelevel.com. It's my friend Mike Caprio's my second, second baseman's company. And, of course, if you mention the JP Show, JP Show, you get 20% off a $19.95 order. And soon they're going to have the Rutgers thing, the Penn State thing on it, Yankees, he's kind of getting all these franchises to sign up. So it's a really cool thing. It's a good gag gift if you hate cornhole like I do and you want to bust someone's balls who thinks they're really good in it. Um, and me and my brother still think we're, we, we give us 20 minutes, we'll be as good as anybody. Uh, Chris as well. And uh, But go check it out. It's a really cool thing. Cornholelevel.com, one of my fine sponsors here at Shea. Um the other thing I wanted to discuss uh, is uh, oh one last thing I got I got to squeeze all these in because we're going long here, chasing miracles breakthrough technology phototherapy patches I actually got them on right now, they use light to stimulate the body's natural healing systems I'm healing myself in my heel I'm healing my heel, they're an effective inexpensive way to reactivate your own stem cells using personal body power source. Instead of pills and surgeries and all that stuff, use this new non-invasive technology and non-transdermal approach. It reactivates your body's own stem cells without putting anything into your body. You'll love these things. Check them out. Go to chasingmiracles.com. Uh, there's tons of information on it. You got to talk to Donna and Tommy. They have the hydrating packs, which I had some of that right here in my water. See that's in there right now. See that little doohickey in there? Matter of fact, I will hydrate myself live here from the Omni. Look at that. I you know I just shaved off like eight minutes off my 5K by drinking that thing. Um, so go to chasingmiracles.com. Talk to Don and Tommy. They're cool people. They let you know what the hell's going on. Also, Pine Tar Bar and Grill, Tommy Plinio's business down there. Forkin River. Forkin River still sounds like you're saying fucking river, right? Forkin River, for Christ's sake. Go to Forkin River, 609-489-4286. 609-489-4286. That is, I shouldn't give the name of the bar, the Pine Tar Bar and Grill. So go to pinetarbargrill.com. I think this is the best sports bar in New Jersey. Tons of TVs, every game, all and good food. He's an Italian guy. He's got a good chef back there. There's no nonsense. It's a big place. You can have a good, solid meal, and the prices are good, too. He keeps them down. Also, Lisa Ruane, a therapist, if you're in a jam, you're not feeling too good about yourself, don't do it alone, man. 201-725-1252. Give Lisa Ruane a call. She'll walk you through. She'll help you out. Go see it. I think she takes some insurances and all that stuff. Don't walk alone on this. If you're feeling, you know, a little depressed, anxiety, whatever the hell it is, we all got that now. Um, please, uh, please go talk to Lisa. So that's it. That's all I got here. For this fine show number 115 without Chris Gucci. Uh, it's always a little harder to do the show by my own, but we had a little text uh, problem. I thought he knew the show was going earlier. So that's it. But I want to give a big thanks to, uh, I feel like I'm forgetting. Oh, you know what? How can I not forget this? Beer League, the series, people. Go to, I need you guys to go. I'm going to catch so much shit from my producers. I should have did this at the top of the show, but having Gary on threw me off. I couldn't wait to get him on. Um, you got to go on the Instagram beer league, the series, you got to go on the YouTube channel. You got to click subscribe. It's real simple. I ain't going to lie to you. We need a thousand subscribers and then we can start making a few dollars so we can start making some of these. The whole, the whole thing is going to start uh, June, June 19th. So I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to make my, my uh, Sydney, my, uh, my, what you call it? My social media person can't call her a gal, but she's a, she's a young woman. She's awesome. I'm going to do a little ad here for 
And this is how it's going to go. Hey, everybody. Listen, Jimmy Palumbo here, a.k.a. Johnny Trino, getting involved here from the Omni. Listen, Beer League, the series is coming out June 19th. It's going to be uh, released uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, one a day. They're short webisode things. It's really cool. You get to see tons of the cast. We think it's pretty funny. We're excited about it. So you have to go onto YouTube, uh, Beer League, the series, look for it, search it. Uh, look for the links. Go there and subscribe. We need to get over a thousand subscribers. Make a comment, whether you love it, hate it. Just keep on comment commentating on it. Also, go to Instagram, Beer League the Series. Go to my uh, Jimmy official Jimmy Palumbo, Facebook, whatever you got to do. Look it up. It's all there. Beer League the Series is coming out June nineteenth. Johnny Trinio, Johnny Trinio, Johnny Trino, Alphonse, and uh, Manganelli, and a bunch of others are in it, and. Um, it's it's uh, going to be a good time. So please support it. And uh, that's it. So that's my ad for Beer League, the series, June 19th. Getting involved here. That's it. Signing off the Jimmy Palumbo show. Thank you for Gary Valentine for coming on. And that's it. We'll see you guys next week with a very special video.